We got comic books and comics news, comics insights and reviews, comics girls and comics dudes, sipping on some freshly brewed. Cause it's comics and coffee, coffee. starting your day out the nerdy way. Comics and coffee, comics and coffee, starting your day out the nerdy way. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Comics and Coffee, starting your day out the nerdy way. I am Bobby Shortle, and I'm here with Nikki Alfaro. I did not just wake up, so <laughs> excuse my voice. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we're back. Some more Comics and Coffee. Uh, this is definitely our most planned out show that we've had. We have very specific segments for you guys, and we're really going to be hitting all the big stories that happened <laughs> In the past week um that's a big time lie uh not a lot has happened and not a lot that ha- happened that like is interesting to talk about in any sort of in-depth way um there's a couple a couple things i mean one of the biggest stories i guess it kind of going around is that tilda swinton is going to possibly be playing the ancient one in marvel's doctor strange um Interesting. Now, as we know, the ancient one in the comics is an old Asian man, and Phyllis Witten is a not old white woman. Um, so there's two interesting things going on here, right? I mean, in one case, um, they're they're gender swapping, so they're adding a little bit of diversity while also taking diversity away at the same time. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's a it's a weird thing, right? Um, uh, how do you feel about this, Nikki? I don't really know a lot about the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know. Intersectionality is a weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I can support it, but it's like still be like Marvel. You could do better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But what do you what do you identify more as, Nikki? A woman or someone who's Asian? Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> I have to choose. <laughs> Marvel's forcing you to choose. This is Marvel forcing you to choose. <laughs> um, uh, I certainly think she's a fantastic actress, obviously, and could bring something really cool to the role. But I think in a in, in a especially in a world where. Um, <clears throat> Diversity is kind of at a minimum. Um, it, it's it seems needless to change the role um, in in the way that they're changing it. Because um, uh, even if they had kept it the way it was, um, they still would have been bringing a kind of a different layer to the universe that wasn't there before. Uh, and by doing this, they, they sort of are, but they're still sort of not. You know, and there are other um, kind of. Uh, awesome uh, female characters that Tilda Swinton could play in a, in a, in a Marvel film, you know? So I don't know. Uh, it, it I, I think it'll be amazing to see if it's true. Cause it's not necessarily confirmed. It's it'd be amazing to see Benedict Cumberpatch and Tilda Swinton acting together and working off each other, but it just feels a little bit like, why would you need to do something like that in, in your movie? Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. It's still a rumor, so 
can't get too much into it at this point. Um, we're going to blow through whatever news we have to talk about really quick so that <laughs> Nikki has a, a, a story about um, it being dangerous to work at a comic book shop. So we're going to get to that. Um, it's more or less that I blow my budget back into okay. the... <laughs> oh, that kind of danger. Yeah, but there yeah. is some weird stuff too. Okay, so we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> um, uh, so this was rumored a few months ago. Um, but now it seems to come to fruition as uh, Chris Burnham has gotten kind of DC cop copies coming in and there, there's a picture that has been taken and tweeted and, and, and released um, so that uh, DC is going to start running half page ads on the same pages where there's comic book material. So, you know, imagine like two panels at top, then at bottom an ad on, in, th in this case, the pictures we see are Nick Lachey promoting Twix, but um, uh, so I don't know what that's going to, what, what they're all going to be like, but that's kind of what, what it's going to look like. There's going to be half page ads in all of these books. Um, what do you, how do you feel about that, Nikki? I'm kind of worried about the flow of the stories now. Um, especially like, how is it going to, um, be collected what's that going to look like um those are my concerns apparently they've told creators to like they have to plan when they're doing their layouts to have these half page breaks in the single issue but to also be prepared to have it make sense flowing together as a panel structure because when it's recollected it's going to be obviously put back together on the same page oh those poor creators so <laughs> I mean, look, the company needs to make money, and I don't know what the realities are of publishing a comic book in, in actuality and how much money it costs. Um, is it going to let them have more pages, though, or is it like, I are would, they taking away like the full page ads? Or I don't know. Um, the, 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 we don't know those details, and we, I think we won't really know until we see the book. Mm -hmm. um, I would imagine I would imagine that they are taking away at least some of the full page stuff and substituting it with this. The idea that if you're I guess the idea that if you're forced to look at your you'll be more forced to look at an ad that's on a page in which you're actually reading than if, you know, I usually just skip over ads as you as you go through a book, but I mean, that kind of advertising, I don't feel is ever successful because it, it creates a hostile relationship with, I think, the advertiser in, in the book. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're, not, you're not thinking, oh, my goodness, I really want a Twix now because it's on the same page as Batman punching somebody in the face. You're thinking, oh, God, this is right in the middle of my story. I don't even care about this. You know, you have your eyes end up on it. I mean, look, they might have other market research that tells them differently. That if more eyes get on it, regardless of how they feel about the ad, people are more likely to buy the product. But I just, I just feel w when you're forced, you feel like you're being forced to watch something, you, you often have a negative reaction to it. Nobody likes commercial breaks unless you no. have to go to the washroom while you, <laughs> while you're watching. <laughs> I, I get, I, 
<laughs> when I, I have Hulu Plus, right? And you have to, <clears throat> the commercials happen and you can't like fast forward the commercials and stuff in Hulu. And literally I can watch TV shows on any device, anywhere, at any time. And I'm still cranky that I'm forced to watch ads where the commercials are supposed to be. So this is not going to be any better than that as far as how I'm going to feel about it. But, you know, I, I would still assume that if you're reading it obviously collected or you're reading it digitally, it won't really matter because they don't do the ads in, in those situations. That's actually how, what I'm most curious about is digital books don't have the ads in them. So, and in the past, that's as easy as just removing those pages. But for the digital version, are they going to have the version where the, the two separated, you know, the, the page cut in half is going to be reconnected? And like, what if creators start, I guess maybe they won't do this because of the whole dictum from DC to, to make it so that it works for a trade, but what if a creator wanted to take advantage of like, okay, you're going to put this at the bottom. I'm going to do kind of like a half page, two page spread, you know, where it's like one continuous long panel. How would that work when it was collected differently? You know, I just don't, I don't know how that's going to work out, but maybe those are things that aren't going to really, aren't going to really matter as we go along. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting and I won't really know how I feel about it till, you know, I might pick up the book and be reading it and then you don't even really think about it as, as you're going through it. But it's something that I think is going to bring them a little bit of bad PR uh, for at least a little bit of time, which is something that I think that they are, have done a good job of uh, turning around in the last couple of months um, with their the initiative they have going on. And so uh, I, I wonder, um, I wonder how they're going to react to this stuff. I think it would it'd be okay with like the more traditional like layouts, like mm. the boxes, but like with something like Batgirl or, you know, Gotham Academy and mm. like a little bit, I'm just a little worried that it might mess with their, their spectacular layouts. <laughs> yeah. You're, no, you're absolutely right. Um, I don't know if you guys can hear this or not, but my landlord is like sawing something below me and in, in, I'm in, I live in the garage. So if you hear a buzzing, that's what it is. And I apologize for it. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, they have this whole uh, DCU campaign that they're running right now, which is um, promoting the new books that, that are coming and the new storylines that are coming and, you know, really doubling down on their whole, um, you know, this new continuity or this new universe is not about continuity. It's not about, it's about stories and it's about, you know, what you as fans want to read and being more inclusive and being more diverse and uh, which I think has been great. It's a great message to put out there. Like again, we said when they d announced all of this stuff, it would be, it's nice to say the things, but it's about how you deliver on them. Um, and we'll see how they deliver. But I found it quite interesting that people, I mean, people find a reason to get snarky about anything, but I, I don't know. I think that people have gotten a little overly snarky about the kind of DC messaging with the DCU messaging. I don't know. Have you noticed anything online, Nikki? Um, not really. I mean, I've heard around the store, they're just like, yay, you're pointing out stuff that we already know, but like yeah. this is in the store. Of course, we all know that. So. <laughs> 
um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's like, well, I think the, the general consensus I've, I've seen with people being upset about it are like, oh, you say it's DCU, but this exact book I want isn't, isn't here. I'm like, well, th- that's not really what it, it doesn't mean. Like everybody gets whatever book they want. They can only publish a certain amount of books, you know? So I, I don't know. Uh, but I think it's, the messaging has been good. It's been strong. And I hope that it continues the way that, that, it, that it's going um, this way. So Nikki, tell me, tell me about working at a comic book shop and, and how it's destroyed your wallet. Um, well, staff discount is, makes things like really difficult and we can special order stuff for ourselves. <laughs> so I have to control myself so much. <laughs> it's so hard. Um, but it's a good chance for me to catch up on stuff. Uh, I just bought um, Daredevil Born Again and um, Devil at Bay, which is the more recent run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have all of the, the hardcovers for the um, first Mark, Mark Wade run. So I'm just going to like sit down and have a Daredevil marathon, which I'm really excited for. Um, but yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, the... Our location is pretty central, um, so um, like we get a lot of like tourists and a lot of like it's just a lot of a great mix of people. So uh, it's not just like guys that go there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't really faced any like tests of my knowledge, which is I'm hoping continues. <laughs> um, but I have had um weird phone calls um there was one time i answered the phone and he goes this guy goes you know i have a weird question for you and of course that's (laughs) i don't know what to expect at that point and he goes do you have any books with the theme of jesus christ and his followers fighting off an alien invasion wow that's very specific (laughs) i'm thinking like we don't but that actually sounds really fun. <laughs> so that's the weirdest question I've gotten. Um, a lot of people who call in, or there's one person who was just like, I think like looking for geek events. Um, but every answer that we give him was like, met with a really hostile tone. And like, I, I guess like people were trying to find a place to hang out, but don't really know the social situation or how to handle, how to talk to people. So those weren't very nice phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> um, wh- what is it? I mean, Silver Snail is a very, like you said, very central, very popular um, comic book shop. And I, you haven't had like, um, sounds like any really stressful experiences, but I mean, do you feel like a pre- pressure on new comic book day and stuff? Or um, when when those days come, it's it's it depends on who's working cash. <laughs> um, I actually have to work on like my bag and boarding, <laughs> um, but I'm usually not on cash. And as far as I know, my schedule now I won't be working Wednesdays, so pressure's off. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Uh, and is it like the experience, like a. a have you had any good experiences with, you know, turning people on to a book that I know you 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 did this before anyway because you <laughs> we always got like tweets from listeners and stuff who said you were a a pusher when when they saw you there. But 
Uh, have you had like any good experiences turning somebody onto a series they might not have read before? Yeah, like I mean, first week somebody came in, um, and she had read used to she used to read DC comics. I think that was the week uh, Convergence Batgirl came out. Uh, and she's like she used to read DC comics. She uh, she went off for a while. She wants to get back in. Um, so the first thing I recommended was uh, the new Batgirl, and we still had like thirty five and thirty six, and. I think she just bought 35 and then she bought the second issue of Silk and the next day she came in um, looking to start a pull bin and she looked for the other shoes of Batgirl and she's like, I loved everything and like my heart warmed a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's, really great. Uh, mm. That's super cool. I mean, it's, I, I think that, comic book shops have a great power in, in that way to, because we can all go in. It's sort of like school, right? It's like the reason you go to school other than to just learn is that they make you read things and do things that you wouldn't normally do of your own volition. Right. Mm -hmm. you, you, you could, you could decide I'm going to make my own curriculum and you could pick what books to read and probably get a pretty good education on your own. But the point of it is that they kind of open you up to things that you wouldn't normally read. And mm -hmm. in a lot of way, comic shops have that power um, because I know I, if it hadn't been for, you know, uh, Rob, who, who runs Tor Comics around here, uh, there's a lot of books I never would have checked out or, 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 get, or given a chance to. Um, you know, he kind of, it was a slow week, right kind of near the first, the beginnings of when I was really going to the shop regularly. And it was a decently slow week. And he was like, oh, here's this book, The Cape. Like, it just came out in hardcover. And, you know, it's a Joe Hill book. And he's like, J read it. He's like, it's, it's one of the, like, the craziest things you'll ever read. And indeed it was. And I never would have picked it up if it hadn't been for that. And if it hadn't been for that, I would be like, oh, I really like this Joe Hill guy. And then I never would have really picked up Lock and Key. And that was, like, one of my favorite series, you know. And then when it opened, opened me up to other to like, you know, to other stuff from other publishers. So the, you need somebody, I think, um, to kind of bust you out of your, um, your idea of what you think is going to be great and what you think is going to be good. Yeah. I, I, yes, just yesterday, um, there was, a like this little kid and I guess his grandparents and they were visiting from another province. And, um, it, I think it was really important that like, each of my coworkers, like I could see them around and like even um, the owner of the store, like he was showing like different like storylines because this kid was really, really uh, interested in whatever comics, like he was looking for Iron Man, he was looking for Superman and he was like, he asked like everybody like what storylines to read and they were all helping him out. And like, I had to, I was the one cashing them out and like the grand grandfather is just like you know it's really nice that you guys are all so friendly and um you know it's a really nice experience and um yeah it, it was just uh it's something that I think I myself pride myself in or like I'm really proud of the store for being so welcoming um and uh <laughs> I had to tell him that I myself went to the silver snail when I was about that kid's age like for the first time <laughs> and now I work there <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know that it's it's nice to hear those stories um, because I feel like 
when honestly, when, when, generally when I think of most comic book shops, I don't think of a friendly place where people kind of learn and get introduced to comics in in, in ways. I think of the, the bad stories mostly is mostly because when I first started getting back into this as an adult, I had really bad experiences with a few shops where they were very dismissive, you know, very, you know, mean sometimes and generally seem to want to ignore, you know, a new customer walking in for the customers who are in there every day digging through the, you know, the 25 cent bins and, or the guy having the conversation with them at the counter about, you know, the the latest like you know terminator trailer or or whatever and i'm waiting with you know books that i want to buy or questions i want to buy about possibly becoming a regular customer for you and they seem un- uninterested in that stuff because you know they have their little world carved out and they want to stay into it and i think that gave me kind of an un may not an unfair but a, a rather negative opinion on most shops and i've found very good shops since then and i know there are very good ones out there um but there seems to be an odd thing with a lot of comic book retailers where um, that I've met anyway that don't really have an interest in being good retailers. They just want to be people who like comic books who sit in a sit in a a, a room and and sell the the and happen to sell books. Um, and, and I think that for, from what I've heard from you and from Stephanie, the snail has a very big focus on um, being a good retailer as well as being. A great comic book place. So, yeah. Um, all right. Um, we had a, we had a question a couple of weeks ago uh, from Carolyn Coca, uh, and she wanted to ask me uh, which did I like better, the Flash finale or the Doctor Who episode Father's Day. Um, and. Uh, for, I talked about the Flash finale a little bit on on, on other shows, uh, and I absolutely loved it. And for those who don't know what Father's Day is, it's, it was in the first season of the Russell T Davies like rebooted, not rebooted, but modern Doctor Who with Chris Eccleston, where uh, the the companion character Rose, played by Billy Piper, uh, they end up going back to a point in her timeline uh, where where the day that her father kind of passes away and she has the chance to stop it from happening if she so if, if she so chooses and um when she does and i don't i don't mean to spoil a, a 10 year old storyline at this point i think it is but when she does it's because like a time paradox and um the dad basically has to choose to to die in order for the for, for everyone else to live and it's a very emotional episode a great episode and one of the probably the best of of that initial first season of, of Doctor Who and the Flash the reason they compare I think is because the Flash deals a lot in fathers right it deals a lot in Barry's relationship to his biological father and Barry's relationship with his surrogate father Joe and he kind of is in this place where he has a chance to change something in the past but by doing so he will gain more time with one father but lose another father kind of completely and choosing between the two is what he has to do for kind of when it comes down to it at the end and you know for me i think that 
Um, I love the Flash finale, and it, I think it's one of the better finales of a TV show I've seen in, in, in a very, very long time. Um, but that Doctor Who episode will always have a special place in my heart because I feel like when when Doctor Who wants to do kind of this emotional stuff, it does it it does it better than just about anyone else because it, it in the same way the Flash does it, but it plays in supernatural supernatural things, but does but brings it back down to a very emotional level. And that Doctor Who episode is so good and so so heart wrenching that. Uh, it's one of those ones that I haven't seen it in, in probably five years or something like that. And just her asking me the question uh, reminded me and, and brought up those feelings that the, that the show brought up. Um, Nikki, I don't even know. Are you a Doctor Who fan? Uh, that is unfortunately my nerd blind spot. Okay. Um, I think I've tried, but I think I need to like sit down and watch it with somebody. Mm. Um I can't watch it by myself. I don't know why. I just a big a big tip I have for me. people looking to get into the show for the first time is that don't get me wrong. The Eccleston stuff and the ten, the tenant stuff are, are both fantastic. Um, but it but the, the issue with watching it now is only that the effects aren't great. They're be- much better than they were obviously in the '60s. But the effects don't get gr- really good until later on in the show. The show is in four by three. It's got that very BBC like shot a little bit shot on video look to it um and and so sometimes i think it's a little bit tough for people to uh, initially get into i always tell people when i back when i hosted and we did the doctor who cast um to watch the first matt smith season which i think is technically season five of, of doctor who i think it's five when it starts and all it's all on netflix because a it looks like a modern television show um it's got it you know it looks awesome uh it's a great great season uh and it's the start of a new doctor so it's meant to be sort of a jumping on point for for new people i mean there are references to older stuff here and there but not nothing that's going nothing in, really nothing until you get till matt smith's i think second or third the end of his third season i think is when they kind of layer back in some previous doctor stuff because they're heading towards the 50th anniversary and stuff like that okay um but but i say watch the first season of matt smith stuff and if you like it go back then then you can go back and watch the eccleston and tenant stuff um and once you get like a little bit into the tenant stuff it 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 becomes hd and it, it looks better and the effects are good but just that first like season two seasons of the show um are a little bit rough visually uh once you watch the met smith stuff you'll have an investment in doctor who so you'll be able to go back and watch that stuff and i don't think it will bother you anymore i think i feel like a sort of obligation now that i've met karen gillen (laughs) (laughs) to watch that season so okay yeah (laughs) it's really great too i mean i i it's so funny because i used to talk about doctor who every week ad nauseum and i really don't talk (laughs) about it anymore um but that first matt smith season is so good it's such a good season of television and it's one that i think uh everybody can enjoy uh and doctor who fan or not i think it can help to make you a doctor who fan if it's something that you're interested in 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 watching uh did you watch the flash finale though nikki yes i did i loved it i'm i'm a sucker for like like 
father child moments because like I'm really close to my dad. So it's just like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was just great. It was it had great emotional, I think, inter- interconnected moments, and it's what the show did best. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do next week, um, next week, next year. <laughs> I wish it was next week. Uh, Nikki, did you read any books yet this week? Uh, yes, I read through, I think, yeah, all of the Secret War tie-ins that I got, which are um, Secret Wars Journal, Inferno, and um, Inhumans. don't remember if I picked up anything else. Nope, just those three, plus Hawkeye. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed the journal one, um, just because uh, Kate is in it. <laughs> but I also, I managed to pick up the Annie Wu all-new Hawkeye cover, which I'm so happy about. Uh, that was a good issue as well. Um, <clears throat> I kind of, like... I went through Sabrina, but like, I want to sit down and like read it. Uh, but deadly class, I don't know if you're reading it on a issue, like monthly basis, but this issue is like, whew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm not reading it on a monthly basis. Oh. So, uh, I cannot, uh, I cannot comment on it. Uh, <laughs> I read it in trade. I love it though. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great series. It I, reads, I, th- I think like the first first arc is a little bit not tougher to get through on a monthly basis, but I kind of forgot about it. So when I picked it up in trade, I was just uh, it, it was a wild ride. And then from then on, I picked it up on a single issue base basis, and it hasn't disappointed. You know, for me, and we talked about this on the, on the show this week on, on Talking Comics, but for me, it's not even about the. The quality or, or being or thinking that it's not good month to month it's that my br- uh, like I'm not gonna buy I'm not gonna buy most likely Marvel and DC stuff in trade form just I just don't do it I uh, you know for me most of that stuff is very month to month and once I'm kind of done reading stories no matter how good they are I'm kind of done reading those stories because it's such a, a continuous grind right where it's con- it's continuous like Spider-Man, great story, but we got more Spider-Man coming. So I'm never feeling like, oh, I wish I had more Spider-Man to read. Like, I, n- I never have that feeling. Um, and with indie stuff, it's like either the, the idea of the story is very unique. So I'm like, oh, you know, I haven't read, like, uh, a time travel t- – bad example because there's a million time travel <laughs> stories. Horrible example. Um, but, you know, I haven't read, like, a slice of life book in a while. I'm going to go back and read blah, blah, blah because I loved it so much. So I end up buying so I end up buying those books a lot more in trade, and but I'm gonna read the Marvel and DC stuff month to month. So stuff like Deadly Class, stuff like Black Science, um, uh, apparently all Rick Remender books. Um, <laughs> I I would rather read at one time in trade only because I know it will give me it will allow me to give it the kind of attention it deserves rather than reading it month to month. Uh, the only series I don't do that with is. Saga because I just I tried to do that for the first two volumes or for the second and third volume I guess it was I tried to do that and I just got spoiled on it I constantly Same. I I I tried to trade weight because I'm just I, I just couldn't do it <laughs> yeah I mean and it, it read great in trade and I I loved reading I loved that feeling of 
the special feeling of, oh, Saga came out, I can finally read it. But after the second, uh, wh- whatever the one where you think Lion Cat dies, um, uh, I, I, I heard about that whole volume, basically. It was all spoiled for me before I ever read it. So by the time I got to it, I was like, well, this is like ruined for me now. Like I'm still enjoying it, but not in the way that I would be enjoying it if I didn't know what was going on. So I was like, okay, I, I got to read it month to month. That's basically what happened with Saga. And I'm glad I do. I mean, it's a great book to read month to month. Definitely is. I think it reads, it reads great in trade, but I think it also just reads wonderfully um, issue to issue. And I, I think they do a great job uh, of taking their breaks, but never, they're never, they never feel very long. You yeah. know, it's like when the next, I, I'm a, I'm a bad comic book consumer because I don't look at previews. I don't fill out order sheets, you know, basically like I walk into the shop and I basically pick out what I want to want to read that week. Um, and I'm often surprised when like there are certain books. So, Whenever Saga finishes an arc and then goes on hiatus and then I'm talking to Rob and he like puts the pile down for me to look through to look for, for my books, I'm like, oh my god, Saga's out this week? Awesome. Like, so that happens to me all the time, uh, which, is, which is great. Uh, it's not so great because I know I should be like – but I, I'm, I'm coming so late to being a comic book purchaser, right? Like I, I never really did it until I was like 29 or, or whatever that I, I – that's not how you buy anything else in your life. <laughs> Nothing else in your life. Do it three months before it comes out. Do you have to decide you want to buy it? Um, and I'm lucky enough to have, I have the shop that I go to most of the time tour, but then we have a bigger shop, uh, fourth world that's in the area as well. That if there's stuff that I don't order, uh, stuff that doesn't come in that I want, that's sort of like, you know, a little bit weird or, or whatever that, um, that Rob doesn't get. I can always go to Fourth World, and they generally always have uh, copies of everything there because they're a pretty big shops. So uh, I have that benefit, um, and and so I, I just don't do it. And I feel I know I should, but I just I can't I can't I can't bring myself to decide what I want to do three months in advance. Previews are hard at the store too because like we get. I'd, I'd look at all the, the toys and statues and stuff, and I'd be like, ooh, shiny, I want it. Um, and then you'd have to put your name down on it if you really want it. And it's such a commitment because, again, three months down the line, am I going to want it in August? Am I going to yeah. be able to afford it in August? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> because, because previews are also dangerous because you're like, oh, I want these, this omnibus. Here, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll commit to buying it and not have to give you any money. <laughs> So that in three months, I'm like, oh my God, I owe you $300 today <laughs> because I ordered all this stuff and didn't think about it. And that's scary to me. That's scary to me. Uh, but, you know, uh, it, we had, we, it's, we've had a lot of discussions on the show, I think, about co- the way the comic book industry retails, which is, it, some of it's really insane to me that, like, it's insane to me, right, that the customer isn't the customer. The store is the customer, right? Like they, they don't really care because DC, I mean, obviously if you don't, if, if the store orders a bunch of books, people don't buy them. They're not going to reorder as many books. So the numbers are going to go way down. But I feel like the, the, the publishers are really, really focused on advertising 
or or making things uh you know attractive to the to the retailer and then like the consumer kind of comes second uh, on, on that train which is why you see all the things spoiled early because they're spoiling them so the retailer knows you should probably order a lot of this book that robin dies in because that way you know people want to come in and they'll buy it from you but for the life of me i could never understand right when i first started doing this i would look at the numbers and i'd be like why why does a book sell three hundred thousand copies in its first month and then sells a hundred thousand copies in its second month like is there really that many people are like f this book like i don't want to read it anymore after the first month but if you don't know it's because you order a ton on the first issue because you expect it to sell a lot and then you have to readjust for like realistic expectations after the second issue comes out but it took me a really long time to, to figure that out a really long time um but yeah i think that's gonna do it for the show nikki unless you have uh anything else you wanted to, to chat about no i'm good and we were worried about i mean we're, we were worried about filling time but <laughs> no, no, i know i mean I, I could talk about stoop for an hour so um i'm not really worried about that stuff but we, we went over so there's that <laughs> Uh, if you guys want to get in touch with us uh, at Talking Comics on Twitter, uh, use the hashtag Talking Java so we can find um, your your tweets over the other kind of Talking Comics tweets that that come in. My personal Twitter is at Bobby Shortall. Nikki, I am at I am Asian Batgirl. And um, subscribe to the show on iTunes on our special edition feed. You can find the show there. The show goes live every Monday more every Monday every Friday morning at nine a.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. You can also find the archive on YouTube or on TalkingComicBooks.com. But thank you, thank that was weird. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was one of those things where I started out. <laughs> Wanting to say one thing and then change to another thing yeah. while I was saying it. So my, but my brain, my mouth couldn't catch up to my brain when, when I was talking. Um, thank you for starting your day out the nerdy way with us, and we will see you next week. Cause it's comics and coffee. Comics and coffee. Starting your day out the nerdy way. Comics and coffee. Comics and coffee. Starting your day out. The nerdy way